You ever feel like that sometimes? You just get over the hurdle into the water. <laughs> and then when you're in the water, you get up and you've trained four years, maybe eight years to just get something done. And then you get to the finish line and you're not first, second, third. You're like last. What has God said to people for thousands of years who are in that state? God says, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will rise up on wings like eagles. They will walk and not be faint. They will run and not be weary. We're on our third week and our final week of our gold series. And if you're here for the first time, we really welcome you. And also, just so you know, there are probably, I don't know, 100 plus people who have come since Christmas. And so if you see somebody new, please just uh, say hello to them. And last week we looked at how the way we get the gold, and remember the gold is experiencing God experiencing, it isn't just watching somebody go down the run, it's actually doing it yourself. Experiencing God, the way we do it is with others, that we can't do this thing called faith by ourselves. It's a team sport. And so, uh, so we looked at that last week. Uh, today is the last day. Anyone going to go home and watch the hockey game between, uh, between Canada and uh, in the United States? It's going to be a good game. Yep. Uh, I, I am kind of glad the Olympics are coming in. I don't know about you. I've, I've got like Olympics fatigue, I think, a little bit. I have figured out uh, the difference between Slovakia and Slovenia. That's been nice. Uh, did you know there are new countries, brand new? They just named these countries just the other day. If I was trying to do well in the Olympics, you know, if I was trying to, I wouldn't call my country Slovakia. Fast Akia. Yeah. <laughs> Quick Akia. Here he comes. Um, Hey, uh, we've had some comments on the signs outside uh, for the parking. And just to say that um, I've learned this in my ministry. When people complain about something, nine times out of ten, there's a deeper level of meaning. There's deeper pain. And the folks who are uh, complaining, if you will, about us parking there, they're in pain. These businesses are struggling. So let us, as a church, bless them through this process. Let's reach deeper than the signs. Go buy a pastry and say, God loves you, and so do I. And that'll be a way. And then you can park wherever you want. So that's also... <clears throat> All right. Also, uh, give up something, this, uh, this Lent. Uh, it doesn't have to be like a major. There's a guy in our church who wrote me this email. This sounds like a joke email. It's a real one. Hello, Graham. After thinking for a while what I wanted to give up for Lent, and that would be good for me and uh, pay well for life water, I decided to give up swearing, he says. At first, I was thinking, you know, $5 a slip. But after trying this for a couple days, I realized I couldn't afford this for 40 days. <laughs> He says, as you know, I work as a farmer. I do tractors, mud, rain, wind, and so I have plenty of excuses to throw out four-letter words. And so, he says, in interest of being reasonable and making things interesting, I've decided to keep track of my slips, $1 per slip, or uh, up to a $200 total, which is greater. It's been six days, and so far, it's going to be a good fundraiser for LifeWater. So, <laughs> there you go. All right. How do, we, how do we get strength in the middle of the race? How do we actually get out of that water trap, and how do we actually continue the race? That is a question people have asked themselves for years, and people have come up with all kinds of answers to that. Some people, you know, you reach for an inner strength, uh, you know, your training will get you there. What I want to talk today about is a, is a power that comes from Jesus Christ, and that is the power to finish the race. It is, uh, it is the power also of waiting on God. Waiting isn't something that we really like to do much, right? Uh, it's something that's not looked up very highly upon. But we're going to talk about the power of waiting on God and renewing our strength. In my backyard, I have a bunch of trees, and uh, I'm not a great arborist, I suppose, but I have a persimmon tree, I have a plum tree. The first tree that comes up every year is the almond tree. 
they should call this the, the passive almonds, by the way. It's, it's not really the passive oaks. It's the passive almonds here in Paso Robles. I was uh, reading about a tree recently in Oklahoma that is at the very heart of that city. It's right there in downtown Oklahoma City. It's not an almond. It is an elm, an American elm tree, powerful tree, beautiful in its majesty. But the reason they love this tree is not because of its beauty. People, tourists driving across the country always stop at this tree. They got their picture underneath it. But they love it because it came back from complete death, almost out of nowhere. You'll remember in 1995, uh, a terrible tragedy bestruck the, uh, the city of Oklahoma City. A 7,000-pound bomb was pulled in front of the Edward R. Mora building. 168 people died, uh, 800 people wounded. And in the midst of all this tragedy, this tree had limbs blown off. It had, uh, it, had comp- it had dust and ashes all over it. And, of course, you know, trees die. So they just decided, well, this thing's gone. Well, they just left that tree, and it didn't have any growth on it at all. They left it. And then another year, they just left it. And another year, they left it. Finally, after the third year, something amazing happened. From inside this tree came growth. It came life. Bigger than it ever had happened before. And uh, people, scientists have said that this is probably because of the waiting that it took. it took. It got strength in this kind of waiting period, this dormancy period. I want to talk about how God uses that dormancy period in our lives. And we're going to look at how God has done this again and again and again. Our text is Isaiah. And Isaiah is a prophet 700 years before Jesus. The country of Israel is completely decimated. It's been uh, attacked by the Assyrians, and the Babylonians are on their way. Can you imagine if the, uh, the German Reich, the Nazis, had won World War II, how depressed we would be as a country? But then if another country was on the horizon, Soviet Union or someone, we would feel just utterly dejected. What does Isaiah say to these people who are in this water trap? Listen for God's word. We're looking at Isaiah 40, 27 through 31. Well, why do you, he begins, why do you say, O Jacob and Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, my cause is disregarded by my God? Why are you complaining that you've been forgotten by God? Do you not know the word no? Anytime you see the word no in the Bible, it should really ring a chord. Do you not have faith? Faith is knowing, deep knowing. Do you not know, not think, do you not know? And then he asks, do you not, have you not heard? I loved what Richard said in the introduction about listening. That's a part of the Hebrew tradition, the Shema. That's what they would say every day. Shema, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. I love the Lord the God with all heart, soul, and mind, and strength. Shema. Do you not have faith and you are, are you not hearing? Do you not know? The Lord is the everlasting God. People come to me all the time and say, I just don't really like the way life is going. And I say, this is only one part of the movie. It's a lot more coming on after this. The Lord is the everlasting God. He's the creator of the ends of the earth. In those days, they thought the earth was the end. That's the whole world. Today, we know that the universe is the end, but the universe is growing. It's huge. I, I mean, I'm just a pastor, but I'm trying to wrap my mind around this. I'm reading a book on Einstein. Just bear with me a little bit here. Uh, I guess uh, the speed of light is 186,000 miles per second, right? If you were to drive 186 miles an hour, you'd be going fast. That would be an hour. Speed of light is 186,000 miles a second. Now, if you were to travel that fast for 2 million years, you would get to the closest galaxy to, to Earth. But that's just the beginning. 
the whole universe, they don't even know how big it is, 28 billion light years. If you were to travel 186,000 miles a second for 28 billion years, you'd get to the edge of what we can see. This God is huge. He is so much bigger than our lives. And it says the next, he will not grow weary. He doesn't grow tired. He, his understanding no one can fathom. Now here's verse 29. Not only is God huge and great, he's generous. He gives his power away. That's what a good leader does. They give their power to others. He gives it to people. And he says his, he gives strength to the weary, increases the power of the weak. Verse 30, even youths grow tired and weary. Young men stumble and fall. I've been, I love the Olympics. One of the things I love about it is, is to see young people in the top of their physical conditions, like tired, right? If I did this, of course I'd be tired. I'm an old man, 37. I wouldn't even make the Olympics, right? But, but uh, yeah, here we go. Thanks a lot, Graham, for that one. <laughs> Apollo Ono, his legs burn at the end of a race. Lindsey Vaughn, her, her arms get tired. But God doesn't get tired. Now, here is the key to how we get this strength. Those who hope in the Lord, those who wait in the Lord, will renew their strength. Those who wait in the Lord will renew their strength. The Hebrew word is kavah. Would you say that with me? Kavah. It's, uh, it doesn't mean hope, actually. It means wait. To wait patiently for we sang that in the introduction. Do you realize how powerful this is? We get strength by waiting. We get strength by waiting. We don't get strength by doing. We get strength by waiting. Waiting patiently for the Lord. It's a huge, powerful, like, mind changer when you think about that. We get strength through waiting. Those who wait in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. I can honestly say that all of the great things in my life have come after a long period of waiting. I've told you about Haley Isla, my daughter downstairs. She's terrorizing the nursery right now. <laughs> Pastor's kids, you know. We waited eight years, Star and I. We waited eight years for Haley to come. But we would not give one of those years away if we would trade it for Haley Isla. She is the most amazing thing to come into our lives. But it came through that period of waiting. My wife, Star, I waited, uh, I actually, people don't know this and probably don't care, but I actually didn't even start dating until I was like 22, right? And I, I know that a lot of people would say, well, that's like, you know, I don't know, late bloomer, something a little wrong with Graham there. <laughs> don't get me wrong, I, I was interested, but I waited. I waited, and I waited till I was 27, till I got married to Star. And I would just say, if you're kind of young, if you're in high school, if you're, uh, if you're looking at kind of a future spouse, I would just say, wait, wait for what God wants to do. Highlands Church is just an example of waiting. Seven years I've had in ministry, and, you know, they've been fine. But this is like, wow. You know, it's, it's see the now. It's, it's wow, see the now. Highlands Church is amazing. Even coming into the ministry was a waiting period for me. I, um, I went through all the things. I went through four years of college and three years of seminary, and I passed uh, seven out of the eight exams. I got my first job, right? And uh, it became a very painful waiting for the church for me to pass that final exam. It was like there was like all-night vigils for me to pass this thing. <laughs> and the thing was, it was the easiest exam, right? It was like Bodie Miller going down the green run. It was like, yeah, he'll pass it. It's political. It was polity. 
right? I'm a political science undergraduate. They're like, we'll let this kid in. Uh, I, I failed the test the first time. The whole church praying for me. How'd it go? I failed it. The next, uh, I had to t- wait six months for to take the exam again. My boss was really getting nervous. Came into him and said, how did it go? I said, uh, I think I did well. I think I nailed it. How'd you answer this question? I said, four years. and I, Three years, he said. The answer is three years you can be on the He said, you failed it. I failed it twice. The only, I wouldn't have been up here if I didn't pass it that third time. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. I gained strength through that time. I gained strength through that waiting period. And God will do that in our lives as well. You know, this text is saying more than, you know, good things come to those who wait. That's like fortune cookie theology. That's not, that's not from the Bible. That's like what you get after like General Chow's. This is, this is what God is saying. He's saying God strengthens those who wait. It's the process of waiting on God that gives us strength in our lives. It isn't the ends that we're looking for. It's the process of waiting that God gives us that strength. So that's what I just want to lift up for you today because I know there's a lot of people here today who are waiting on jobs, on spouses, on medical prognosis, on the economy to turn around, on something in your life. I bet everyone in this room is waiting for something. And I would just want to begin by saying that God uses that time as strength building. That waiting is a time for building strength. A little girl, seven-year-old girl, her parents were talking to her about the importance of saving. She had a piggy bank, and they said, you know, you should put it in a regular bank, because if you did, you would get interest. They explained to Susie, seven-year-old Susie, what interest was, and, you know, they talked about how you get more money, so you, $100 or so, and then you maybe get a couple dollars for interest. She went in, she started the account, bank president comes out and says, Susie, uh, here's your bank account, congratulations. He said, can I do anything else for you? She said, yeah, I want my interest. Now, not a joke, it's more of a point. And uh, we want our things now, right? We have this staff, like half of our staff are under the age of 30, which is really cool. Energy, creativity, I mean, you get it, right? It's an amazing thing. But if the internet is like slow for six seconds, it's like we have like all night prayer vigils in our church, it's bad. Six seconds. Wow. <laughs> Waiting is not looked highly favorably upon, is it? It's, it's usually connected to wasting. If you're waiting, you're wasting. In fact, uh, most people do things uh, in their waiting time to just fill that waiting time. I looked online this last week of things you can do while you're waiting. And this talked about just some things to pass the time. Number one, push your eyes for interesting light show. Push the outside of <laughs> See a variety of blobs, stars, and flashes. I love this. Amusement potential, five minutes. I love this. See how long you can hold your breath? Four to 20 minutes. Not holding your breath, but there's amusement potential. Not that fun, but it passes the time. Try not to think about polar bears, it said. This is hard because you try to not think about them, and then you do. Here's another one. See what's in your neighbor's trash. Amusement potential, 20 minutes. Uh, Watch TV and repeat everything said in an Italian accent. Five minutes. I tried it. It's not that fun. (laughs) Pretend all human beings will die except for the people in the room with you. That's kind of morbid. This is the last one. Stare at the back of someone's head until they turn around. (laughs) You've all been doing that for the last 15 minutes. (laughs) But why is it that we, we hate waiting so much that we would rather put in the midst of that time the silliest, dumbest things to do? 
God wants us to use that time, to give that time to God as a time of strength building. One of my great heroes is Billy Graham, who's uh, 92 years old. And I watched him last night on the, one of the religious programs. He's just such a man of God. 92, and his daughter Anna was talking to him the other day and said, Daddy, she's from the South. Daddy, she said, how you doing? And Billy said, well, I have been taught all my life how to die, but I've never really learned how to grow old. And she said, well, Daddy, maybe you're going to teach all the rest of us. One of the things that Billy Graham has said about growing old, which is waiting, is that he has figured out the difference between primary and secondary things. The, more, the important things and the things that aren't important. He said, this is what I figured out in 92 years that's of secondary importance. Politics. Which party you're a part of, which position, that's secondary. He said, you know, money, by the way, money is of secondary importance. Old arguments, old grudges, secondary importance. Fame, popularity, how important you are, success, secondary. Primary importance, Billy Graham, after 92 years of waiting, he got this. This is it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. That's the primary thing. Number one, God will use your time of waiting for strength building. Number two, you've got to wait on God. You can't just wait. You just can't wait. There's no power in waiting. It's waiting on God. There is a play that many of you have seen or heard about called Waiting for Godot. It's obviously a play in the word Waiting for God. It was written by a, an author called Samuel Beckett, who was an existentialist. And by the way, the existentialism is basically the power of waiting. It's false. It's fake. There's nothing. There's no power in waiting. This play, actually, nothing happens in the whole play. Two characters. The whole play. Actually, that's not true. Nothing happens twice in this play because it's a two-act play. There's nothing that happens. There's no, there's no power in waiting. That's, that's, that's false. But there's power in waiting on God. There's power on waiting on God, on listening, on praying, on, on just sitting back. I'm not trying to fill that time with just senseless, silly things. All right, you're all waiting on what character I've been compared to in the Monvi thing. <laughs> so I really, first I want to begin by saying that Monvi is something I really encourage. There's a table out here. I really encourage you to go for this thing. It's, it's worth it. Uh, I would also say that I put in all my personal information, you know, and what they do is they, they take your personal information and they match you up with a character from the Bible. So I'm thinking, you know, Abraham, <laughs> father of nations, Moses led the Israelites. No, the, the character that they match me up with is Jacob. Jacob. Jacob who stole his brother's inheritance. You don't tell Jamie. Jacob, who was deceptive. Jacob, who waited 21 years under Laban. Jacob, who wrestled with God on the banks of the river Jabbok and was, tried to overcome. The angel overcame. Or he overcame. Anyway, you know the line. You too and Bono. But I talked to Richard in the middle of the services, our parish assistant, and he said, well, at least it wasn't Judas. <laughs> I'm like, great. Thank you. I'll tell you what. Jacob became Israel. His name became Israel. It moved from Jacob, the one who deceives, to Israel, the one who strives. And how did Jacob get from being Jacob to Israel? Waiting. Waiting. And God will do the same in your life when you wait. 
heard it described this way. Waiting is like being a great trapeze artist. You know the trapeze artists who swing back and forth? There's a famous trapeze uh, artist called the Flying Rudellas. I don't know if you've heard of them. But they were incredible, and they would swing back and forth and back and forth. And in any trapeze contraption, there is a catcher and a flyer. And the flyer is the one who lets go in the middle, and he just leans back. Now, the key to being a good flyer is leaning back for six seconds that feel like they are six years and knowing that you will be caught. You and I, were the flyers. God is the catcher. He's the one who will catch us wherever we are. The last piece is we're all waiting. Our faith is about waiting. This whole Christian walk thing, it's really about waiting. A couple weeks we're going to have Easter, and that's going to be a powerful time. And we are going to celebrate the time that Jesus came back to life again, and it's going to be a powerful moment for all of us. But that's really not what it's all about for us. What it's all about is that Jesus will come back again. And what we do each week, week in and week out, is we wait together for him to come back. And he will do that. And that's our faith. And that's what it is to be a Christ follower. Let's pray. Lord, we admit to you today that we do not like waiting. It's something that makes us feel uncomfortable, out of control. It makes us feel uh, like we don't know what's going to happen next. But Lord, everyone here today, we ask that you would help us to fill that space with you and be strengthened in the process so that we would run and not be weary. We would walk and we would not grow faint and we would soar on wings like eagles. Amen.